Now, Labor is racing to pass three key pieces of its legislation focused on jobs, the climate and housing. The federal government is trying to get the National Reconstruction Fund over the line, but there's also the safeguard mechanism, a push to build 30,000 affordable homes. All three policies hang in the balance with neither the opposition or the Greens keen to make them law. Let's get this latest conundrum dealt with with our national political editor, uh, Michael Packey. Hello, Michael. Hello, Luke. Have a good weekend. I did. Beautiful uh, weather here in uh, in the capital, so uh, mm. pretty hot, but uh, it was a nice weekend, yes. Good stuff. Um, why is Labor struggling to get these policies legislated? Surely the... I mean, it doesn't necessarily help them in the Senate, but they've got the Teals, they're in coalition mm. with the Teals, coalition with the Greens, you know, it should be a done deal, surely. Yeah, look, uh, in the end, it does come down to uh, the Senate, though, uh, Luke, and while they can get them over the line uh, in uh, the House where uh, Labor has the numbers, uh, it's unlikely that these policies seem that they're going to pass uh, in the uh, Senate because uh, neither the opposition or uh, the Greens in the Senate want to back them in. And even some of the independents in the Senate aren't happy with the way these uh, policies have uh, been structured. So... Essentially, for the opposition, when it comes to issues like the National Reconstruction Fund, which is worth about $15 billion, and also the housing policy, which is $10 billion, well, the opposition saying, well, this is all borrowed money, and is it actually going to achieve anything once these things are legislated? So for the opposition, it's about the fact that it's, a lot of it is borrowed money, and they're not sure what's really going to be achieved once these uh, policies are in place. As for the Greens, well, they're saying that uh, with the housing policy, which is something that they're really complaining about, they're saying it doesn't go far enough. So basically, Labor's saying its $10 billion, uh, $10 billion housing policy would it build an extra 30,000 what they call affordable homes. Well, uh, the Greens are saying, well, you're going to build a heck of a lot more than 30,000 homes, and uh, you're also going to freeze rents for two years. Uh, as for the National Reconstruction Fund, the Greens are saying, well, we might consider that, but uh, we're worried that some of the money in that National Reconstruction Fund is going to go towards bankrolling uh, projects, which are fossil fuel projects, and they're not keen on that. So there's all these little issues that basically the Greens and the opposition have with these policies, and it does look as though Anthony Albanese is going to find it hard to get them uh, over the line. Yeah, it's astonishing to me that they allow the good to be the enemy of the perfect. But mm. quite frankly, the the notion of shutting down all fossil fuel um, mines or, or, or gas extraction, whatever mm. it might be, given the fact that at night time, I think about 70% of our power is generated by fossil fuels, shut, shut it down and then do what? I mean, goodness me. Let me get to um, one or two other things here. $45 billion in off-budget spending to cover various mm. policies. That's a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah, and that's one of the big things that uh, the, the Liberal Party is saying, and also the Nationals, they're saying that they're really concerned about that overall that some of these policies that Labor is talking about are all off-budget. And that essentially means that it's money that Labor will borrow, then they invest them in these various uh, projects in the hope that they make a return. It's similar to the way the National Broadband Network worked. Um, when Labor introduced the National Broadband Network, I think uh, it was about $50 billion at the time that was borrowed, what they call off-budget. means it's not counted as part of the general uh, budget processes in the hope that once the NBN was built, then it would be sold off to uh, 
the private enterprise or private sector and that they would make uh, that money back. As we know, the NBN, as an example, has cost a lot more than the $50 billion that uh, Labor originally uh, projected. Yeah. Uh, so in the end, that's why the Liberals or the coalitions are saying that they're concerned about some of these policies because they feel that a lot of the money is being borrowed. In the end, the money's got to be paid back. Uh, but, you know, you, there's no guarantee uh, that it'll achieve uh, what they set out to achieve. And what you were mentioning there about the safeguard mechanism, uh, what the Greens are saying on there, uh, there is that they're saying that, uh, again, they don't think it goes far enough. Essentially, a safeguard mechanism is already in place. So 215 of the biggest polluters in the country, they get penalised if they don't do enough or show to be doing enough to start reducing their emissions. And this is something that the coalition introduced. Well, Labor is saying that needs to change. Basically, that target of how, much, how many emissions these companies produce needs to come right down. And the Greens agree with that. But again, they're saying that this legislation uh, should, should have uh, not only a reduction in the emissions that these polluters produce, uh, but also there should be a guarantee in the legislation, as you mentioned, that there should be no new coal and uh, gas-fired power stations yeah. are approved. Yeah. So this is where it's all coming down to. For the Greens, not ambitious enough. For the Coalition, too much money's being spent. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm not a fan of this off-budget stuff. I mean, own, own your mm. decisions, put them in the budget, mm. and uh, as as they traditionally uh, seemingly have been, this off-budget mm. stuff where, oh, no, it's off-budget. We didn't really spend that. It's just rubbish. Mm. It really mm. is. So um, if they can't get these things up, mm. so let me just um, be the, the bearer of bad tidings, mm. or if they only get one or two of them up and... And the voice referendum falls in a heap. Mm. Where does that leave the government? Not in a very good position, uh, obviously, if mm. they can't get this legislation uh, up. I think that what it does do, it does, and I know that we've probably, it's weird that we're starting to talk about this now, but it, it does genuine, genuinely leave the government in a position where it could go to an early election if it can't get some of this policy over the line. Their argument will be that we took these things to uh, the 2022 election. Uh, people voted for us, so uh, they believe they've got a mandate to get some of this stuff uh, over the line. So essentially, if it, they can't get it over the line, especially the stuff that they promised on uh, the National Reconstruction Fund, on housing and on the safeguard mechanism, all those three things uh, give Labor a trigger to call what is, you know, a double dissolution election. And of course, if they can't get the voice over the line as well, that might be a bit trickier to say that that should go to the polls. Uh, but I do think that when it definitely comes to this legislation, they can say, well, we're trying to get this through. We believe we've got a mandate to get this stuff through. Uh, but the Coalition and the Greens are, you know, conspiring not to let these policies uh, get over the line so we can start implementing them, we're going to go to an early poll. Whether that would happen or not, who knows? As we know, when you go to an, old, an early poll, uh, there's always risks. Yeah. If you go to a double dissolution election, there's always risks because both Houses of Parliament are dissolved. That is, both the House of Representatives and the entire Senate is dissolved. And we saw the last time we went to a double dissolution election when Malcolm Turnbull called it in 2016. Well, in the end, the Senate became a bit of a mess. Yeah, both both leaders are in the West, are they? 
Mm. Both uh, Peter Dutton and uh, the Prime Minister uh, in the, the West over the next uh, couple of days. Pretty important state for them. You know, uh, we know that for Labor... Uh, in the end, if uh, they didn't win uh, seats off the Liberals in Western Australia, they probably wouldn't be in power now, or if they were, would be a very much a minority government. So I know that Albanese has promised to go to Western Australia on a fair few occasions, and I think this is his third visit this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he really wants to get out there and really, uh, you know, shore up those seats in the West. He's actually going to be in Port Headland tomorrow, where there's going to be a, a cabinet meeting. It's interesting that he's in Port Headland, where they're going to talk about mining jobs at a time when he wants hmm. this safeguard mechanism in place, which punishes uh, bigger polluters. Uh, so he's there. As for Peter Dutton, he's also in the West. And I think that um, he needs to start winning back some of those seats off Labor in Western Australia if they've got any chance of uh, forming a government. I think for Peter Dutton, the tricky uh, topic is going to be the voice because there are people, there are Liberals and National Party members in Western Australia that do support the voice and they want the uh, Liberal and the National Parties to get behind it, as we know. Uh, at a federal level, the National Party doesn't support it, but the West Australian branch of the National Party does. So it is interesting how those sorts of debates end up working out for people like Peter Dutton. Yeah, this, uh, this broad church, this idea where you could speak your mind with no uh, repercussions, it probably seemed like a very good idea at the time, mm. but it's been nothing but a pain in the backside for, well, I guess uh, every every coalition prime minister since... Uh, Rudd Gillard Rudd. And mm. uh, it's what it feels like. All right, mate. We must leave it there. Good to chat. Talk to you in a week's time. No problems. Good on you, Luke. Good on you.